Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Last night, Celtics, Lakers, at the crypt. And I got to say, the buildup for that could not have been any worse for the Lakers because it was not about a couple of legendary franchises knocking heads in a critical midseason tilt. That's not what that was about. It was all about Frank Vogel's future again. And again, I've got a huge problem with that because the Lakers have got like 99 problems and Frank Vogel ain't one of them. If you think that Vogel is the problem with the Lakers, that's on you, not him. In fact, you're the problem. And so are the Lakers. Underachieving, flirting with 500, and essentially being unwatchable. No, Vogel is not perfect. But if he were, in fact, their biggest problem, LeBron would have already fired him. Or tried to get him fired like broadcasters that he doesn't like. Allegedly. But he hasn't. LeBron hasn't. In fact, LeBron actually said that he and his teammates are the ones who have to own that crap. They're the ones who run out on the floor nightly, not the coach. Frank is a strong-minded guy. He has a great coaching staff. And we as his players have to do a better job of going out and producing on the floor. Um, we're, we're a team and an organization that, uh, you know, that don't mind some adversity that don't mind people, you know, saying things about us, obviously, because it comes with the territory. Laker GM LeBron Lowe. Hey, listen, man, this guy's right. Remember, this is the same crew that has already lost to OKC twice. An OKC team that lost by 73 to Memphis recently. So what happens? Last night, they hit the floor, and they start playing like they're looking to get Vogel fired. I'm plenty of blame to go around here, and for some reason, it always seems to start with the coach. But he's not the biggest problem. Far from it. But you want to know who is? You want to know who the biggest problem right now with the Lakers is? Ask my guy Charles Barkley, and Barkley's going to tell you that it's Anthony Davis. The Lakers been putting all them old-ass geezers together and just trying to blame other people. It ain't right and it ain't cool. Listen, Anthony Davis, you got to play better. I said if the Lakers were going to be any good, it was all going to be on you. Has nothing to do with Russell, had nothing to do with LeBron and the rest of them old-ass geezers they put together out there. But now y'all uncrossed the line because I really like Frank Vogel. It ain't his fault. In my opinion, <laughs> I blame Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you know I like you as a person, but you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You're 27 years old. You're supposed to be in your prime. You're supposed to be one of the five best players in the world up there with Giannis, Kevin Durant, and those guys. And you ain't holding up your end of the bargain. In other words, straight fire from Big Chuck. Listen, personally, I would never say it's all on Anthony Davis. But my guy Chuck is... And Chuck's a former MVP and a Hall of Famer, and I'm just some dude with a mic and a couple of cameras. But I see where Chuck is going with this. He's right. AD should be a top five player in the world. And the thing is, sometimes he is when he wants to be on both ends of the floor. Unfortunately, that does not happen nearly enough. And I'm not talking about all the times that he gets hurt or nicked. I'm talking about some of the times when he does play but doesn't actually show up. 
like last night when he was getting clowned in the first half repeatedly, when Robert Williams III was going right at him and making him look bad. Celtics up by five, just past the midway point. For- on a special delivery from Schroeder, plus the foul. This is how you shoot 75% from the floor like Robert Williams does. Throw it down, big man. Time Lord with authority. Hey, listen, I'm not going to go all hot take on you and say that that can never happen to Anthony Davis because it can, it does, it did. And in the association, anybody can dunk on anybody at any given time. Like, it does happen. It's like MMA. Everybody loses. It's like the association. Everybody gets dunked on. It can happen. Happens to us all. You know how I know it can happen? Because the Time Lord did it. And then he came back, and he did it again. That's where he's still an attacker. And you have to have more than one body. Oh, Williams! Up high for the crank. Uh-oh, Williams up high for what? The crank. Crank, crank. Up high for the crank. You know, fool AD once, shame on him, fool him twice. And then there's a whole lot of shame and rage from Laker fan. And Laker car flags are getting snapped off all around the city once again. I mean, there's a lot to like about the Time Lord. There's a lot to like about the Time Lord's game. There's a lot to like about the Time Lord's nickname. This dude's got crazy potential. I really love the guy, actually. However, if you're Anthony Davis, you cannot get punk like that twice in a matter of minutes. That simply cannot happen. And if it does, it's either a matter of effort or pride or lack of both. I mean, Time Lord is out here abusing AD, and he's not fearful of any retribution whatsoever. Not defensively, not physically, or otherwise. And I'm not even talking about AD bringing some Kevin McHale, Kurt Rambis, clothesline violence either. I'm saying the Time Lord wasn't even remotely worried about AD blocking or even trying to contest that shot. And it wasn't just at the defensive end that AD was struggling. Struggling. He was equally inept and abused on the other end of the floor as well. Oh, that stuff that time. Jump ball. What a play by Williams. Hell of a play by Grant Williams. And I'm not going to say that Anthony Davis should never get rejected, but that's Williams. Grant Williams. Not Rudy Gobert. We're talking about Grant Williams here, not Kami Matumbo. Grant Williams is listed at 6'6". AD goes 6'10", and he still got rejected at the rim. It's not even about the height. It's about the aggression. Man, it's about the fire. It's about the killer instinct. Robert Williams III and Grant Williams both had it. AD did not. See, this is the biggest problem with this guy. You never know when he's going to show, and then when he does, you never know how he's going to show. And with, quote, all those, quote, old-ass geezers that he runs with, they need this guy to show up in a certain way every single night. But he doesn't, and then they don't either. And that's why you have an average team that is a way-below-average watch. 
when they're not right, like they weren't in the first half, they're all bleeping wrong. Their offense is ugly, they're out of sync, and their defense is even worse. And they've got no excuse. Like the Lakers know they're better than that. Then they go out and they take a big dump in their pants and they don't play anywhere near to their potential. And then somebody must have said something at halftime because then they come out and they realize, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This game matters. This game actually counts. It's not the preseason. It's not some run at the local Y. It matters. We're all getting paid. And then they actually lock down defensively and they start to attack the basket and they show some aggression and they play with some effort. Like LA locks in in the third quarter. They hold Boston to 20 points. They get up by 19 in the process. Then they start to look like the Lakers we all expect. Russell Westbrook looks like the Russell Westbrook that we all expect. We got no answer for Russ right now. As Russ does it again. Throw it down, Russ. One hand hammer. Play it to the crowd, Russ. Play it to the crowd. All right, so. Is it all good? Is it fixed? Are they all right? Hell no. We've heard this time and time again this year. That fight in Detroit was supposed to fix everything. So were the embarrassing losses to the Thunder. That was supposed to fix it. So were those halftime sessions where Vogel lit into his guys. But it didn't. So the bottom line here, exactly what the hell is going on? Are they just a bunch of old-ass geezers who don't fit and don't want to play defense or don't want to show up and fight every single night? Yes. They're all that. Hey, Russ, let me ask you. You you must have a much better idea than I would, Russ. Exactly what the hell is going on here, Russ? I don't know the blueprint. Um, All I know is that we won. So if that's the blueprint, then hell yeah, winning is the blueprint. Right, right. Winning is the blueprint. The blueprint for winning is winning, and the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Winning is the blueprint, and the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. So congrats. You played half a game last night. It might be enough to beat a Celtics team that's going nowhere, but it won't be nearly enough to beat anybody who matters. The players say they love Frank Vogel. Then they go out, and they play as if they want to get this guy fired. Per usual, it's getting late early, and if something doesn't change fast, Lakers GM LeBron Lowe is going to be coming for somebody's head. You ask me. I think I actually have the solution. You ask me. You want to get these guys to play hard every single night, every possession, on both ends of the floor? Tell them that if they don't do those things, they have to watch Space Jam 2. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. You tell them that. AD will be running the floor, rejecting fools, and Russ will be tearing down the backboard, knocking in threes. If you told LeBron if he misses one more game due to injury, you're going to make him watch Space Jam 2? He'll be playing 40 every single night and defending like he's Bill Russell, Gary Payton, Scott Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Michael Cooper, and Hakeem Olajuwon all rolled into one. You want to light a fire under these underachievers? Threaten them all with Space Jam 2. And before you know it, they will all be licking on another Larry O. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet. 
the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 14, totals for College Football Week 15, or both, WinBet has you covered. Looking for other sports, WinBet has those too. It's all right there for you with your WinBet app. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts. Discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merchandise. It really is the best loyalty program in the industry. Call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you have absolutely got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Kenny Moore the second. Kenny, it's good to have you back. How are you? I'm great. I appreciate it. I think thanks for having me here too. Kenny, it's always good to have you. So a lot to cover, but why don't we start with that win over Houston on Sunday? In particular, that interception on the first play from scrimmage, one of the best INTs of the year. Take me through it. What did you see on that play as it was unfolding? Um, it was pretty simple, pretty much. Um it it was a boot play and I had to span with the slot receiver to the to out of bounds, and that's pretty much his first read from boot. Um, by taking that away, and, and Rose doing a great job on the over. Um, I thought he was just gonna try to scramble or try to pick up some extra yards, but he tried to throw it out of bounds, and um, it was in a space where I, I was able to get it. Kenny Moore, the second joining us. All right, in response to that, initially it was ruled an incompletion. Then on review, it was changed to an interception. In fact, how were you able to maintain and keep your feet in bounds and get control of the ball at the same time? Ooh, I think it was more so just um, focusing in on what exactly I was doing in that moment. Um, I had a, I actually had a, a drop interception versus the Jags. Um, I believe that was early in the game as well. But I wasn't really focused because I was too worried about the sideline. But I wasn't worried about the sideline at all um, versus Houston in the first play of the game. Um, I was just telling myself, just just catch this. Like, if I, if I just catch it, you know, I'll worry about, worry about my feet later. And so the feet just came down however way um, I, I placed them on the field. And, Great thing, I was in bounds. I had the awareness to be in bounds. So, uh, first thing first is just catching it, and it, it takes, you know, the hands working together to to make it secure. There you go, Kenny Moore, the second joining us. Great explanation. All right, so going into Sunday's game against the Texans, Darius Leonard had been talking to you about wanting to get a shutout. Then you guys go out there and you get a shutout, thirty-one nothing. I'm curious, from like an emotional standpoint and a pride standpoint, how much does a shutout mean to you and the rest of the defense? Oh, it it means a lot because you just each guy that steps on that field should want to go out there and dominate. Um, three and out takeaways should be on um, every player's mind uh, every time you step on the field. And you know, I think that was the perfect opportunity for us to go out and dominate that game versus Houston um, to really make a statement within each other first, and then you know, how, however way you know. Anyone else feels about it, that's just how you feel. But we just wanted one of those games to be just complete. Um, 
domination to to put our team and our offense in the best position to to go down and, and win the game. It's the holidays, and you deserve a gift, obviously. So how about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every single day all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels. A gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you are at work. What am I talking about? Of course I'm talking about the gift of an X-chair. I love mine. It is by far the most comfortable and ergonomic chair that I have ever used. And honestly, it is probably the coolest looking piece of furniture that I own. In fact, it is. Not only is X-Chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair. And it can either cool or warm your back. Let me ask you this. Can your office chair do that? Doubt it. Now is the perfect time to purchase an X-Chair. Buy early, buy now. And here's X-Chair's holiday gift for you. Save $100 off your X-Chair. Just by purchasing it at xchairrome.com right now. That is the letter X chair R O M E dot com. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairrome.com and save. That's xchairrome.com. Kenny Moore II is joining us once again. So yesterday there was a great moment. It was announced that you are the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year. The video of the announcement is great because your mother walked into the studio while you were doing an interview to let you know that news. What was your reaction when you saw Moms? <laughs> um, I asked her, why, why was she there? I, I didn't really know why she uh, was still in town. But uh, it was a great surprise from the organization to... I guess go behind my back to see what moms was doing. Uh, but that was the, that was the greatest and most perfect um, way to deliver the news because my mom hasn't um, really been around in, in that space for me to, um, to, to be recognized for, for much. Um, but it was, it was, it was a great change up. It was a great um, time for me and my mom to have together and, I just feel like a lot of people um, in the organization knows my mom now <laughs> um, this season as well as, you know, just having hard knots um, in the area. Um, it's people all, all all over the country that, that really likes my mom now. So she thinks she's a star, but I thought she already was. <laughs> That's great, dude. I love that. And you can tell how much it meant to her. She got so choked up as she was telling you the news. It's clear how proud she is of you. And what a great moment for the two of you. I, th- I thought that was great. I thought that was just awesome. You know, back on the field, you tied your career high for interceptions so far. You're about to break your career high for tackles. Last year was an amazing year for you. Do you feel like this is the best you've ever played? Yes, sir. And I just feel like with time and experience, um, I can be even better. Um, I think the more that I see uh, certain offenses, uh, certain route combinations, um, certain uh, ways to fit the run game, I think I can be even better. But um, honestly, the first part of the season, I didn't think um, it'll be that great. Um, you know, we all come come into the season having certain goals and certain expectations, you know, for your team collectively. Yeah, but we all have the same thing for ourselves individually too. So um, it's great to, to put up the numbers, but I do feel like um, – I'm healthy. Uh, first and foremost, just thankful for that, and I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting my game back. I'm, 
all the rust is shaken off and I'm ready to go. So, Kenny, obviously your goals are going to be team-centric. You're focused on the team. I get that. But individually, you're right. Guys have goals. Is making the Pro Bowl one of those goals, and do you think that you've played well enough to get there? No doubt. Uh, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, everything above. Uh, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, that was a goal. I I just feel like for, for, for me to do anything, I should want to excel. I should want to do everything there is to to be a household name, to to wear a gold jacket one day, you know? Like, I, I just feel like if I wasn't setting those goals for myself, if I didn't want the very best for myself, then I'm just selling myself short. So um, just the way that I was raised, if, if, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, and I'm just doing my best to to uh, prove myself right and yes sir I do believe that you know I deserve that um and I'm gonna keep striving to to make my name um known to to get that Kenny Moore the second joining us you know it's one thing you're looking for respect right you're looking for respect from the fans from the media and from the guys that you go up against one guy that I know you get a lot of respect from is Darius Slay because he tweeted quote so Kenny Moore needs to be paid like a number one cornerback or he can set a new market for the slots. Brah, too damn good. Personally, Kenny, I love Slay. He's one of my favorite guys. How much do you like and respect his game and the fact that he's showing you that kind of respect? I, I think uh, me and Slay go back to not even the league. Like I, I didn't. I, I've only known him since last year. But for me, a def- defensive back to be a defensive back. Um, we've obviously watched guys older than us um, that have come before us to, to put up great numbers, to have um, a great year in college at Mississippi State. And then with him being from South Georgia um, and us having mutual friends from the same area, um, like Justin Coleman and, and, and Chris Milton, and, and a guy that I played with in college named uh, Chris Henderson, uh, we, we've all known – uh, pretty much each other without actually, you know, meeting each other. So like it was cool to meet Slade this this past off season, and, and to really uh, talk about everything with him. But yeah, true vet. Uh, he loves his teammates. He loves the the DB room, and he tells me all the things that you know he does for the room. And you know, when, whenever he gets you know the accolades and everything, he treats the whole room. And I think for a player that's that's up and coming and and want to be the best teammate as well. Um, that's something that I take away from him, just being attentional um, to those around him because um, it's easy to say that, you know, I did this, I did that, but um, there was definitely people along the way that helped us um, accomplish and, and become the, the person and player that we all strive to be. And, you know, no player in this league can do anything on his own, you know, with his own hand. So um, there's 10 other guys on the field. And uh, there's a lot more people on the team that believes in you. So uh, I've watched Slade for a pretty long time now, but it's pretty cool to be friends and have the respect from from him to uh, to just be in that that same light. So I just want to see at the table.
I like that, man. I, I love Slay. I love the guy. So I really, really appreciate and like that response from you about Slay. He's a cornerback for the Colts. Not only that, but a Walter Payton man of the year for that team this season. Coming off a week where he was the highest graded cornerback in week 13, according to PFF, having a great season. And there's another big one coming up. They've got their bye. And then December 18th, it's New England at Indy. Huge game. Kenny, appreciate you very much. Great to have you back on the show. Let's do it again soon. That was great. Yes, sir. Always, my guy. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a thousand locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and Samer next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. What's your beef? What's bothering you? Let's get it. Let me start with social. Rome, my beef is with the tourists in New York City gawking at an oversized Christmas tree. These geeks will wait an hour just to look at some dressed up store windows. Being a bad ice skater and proposing to your girlfriend at Rockefeller Rink is not cool. It's a tree, people. Move along. Jake in NYC. Last time I was in New York for the NFL Today on CBS a few weeks back, Dr. Jano hit me up with, oh, this city must be so beautiful. This city must look so great for the holidays. I said, they haven't tricked it up yet. I'm going back not this weekend, but next weekend. So apparently, according to Jake, they're ready to rock and roll. The holidays have started. At Captain Photo tweets, hey, Jim, I got a beef with my wife and her inability to put freaking gas in her car. Seriously, every time I drive her car, the thing is on empty. How do people live like this? Fill up the damn car. This isn't hard. I know that is a beef. That's one of those things, right? That's like kind of a pet peeve or a pet beef. I get that. Rome, my beef is with the airlines making us wait to park the bird once landing after a six-hour flight to land and have to wait on the tarmac for 30 minutes. Looking at your gate feels like, quote, a reason to go. Reno in Irvine. My man, right down the street. Yeah, that can be frustrating. I know how that goes. When you just need that toe, that 10-foot toe into the gate, yet it's an hour. Hey, Rome, my beef is when you're driving behind some loser who starts slowing, <laughs> slowing down as you approach a green light, anticipating the yellow. However, when the yellow comes, they hit the Nas switch to make the light, only to leave you with the difficult decision to follow their dust and blow a red light or pull the parachute and come to a skidding stop halfway in the crosswalk. The only thing better is the peds now have to walk around your car glaring because you blocked their golden path. Thanks, you jabroni. Graham and SLO, pretty well stated. This one says, what up, P and the B? My beef is with scotch tape. Specifically, when the end comes off the teeth of the dispenser and gets stuck back to the roll, the thing is near impossible to find again. And getting it back off the roll cleanly without ripping it to shreds, yeah, right. Brad in G-Rap. All right, that's different. It's true, but different. Hey, Van Smack, I have beef with my microwave. 
One tornado siren blast is enough when my food is done. I don't need three more over the next 30 seconds. I heard you the first time, damn it. Now I don't know if I need to grab a fork or hide under the kitchen table. Thanks. Mark imparts unknown. Well done, Mark. It usually is. He's good. Hey, Rome. My beef is with people who use the term not to beat a dead horse. In what universe is insinuating that you beat a dead horse okay? Thanks for the nice visual, homie. I can't wait to hear why animal abuse you'll use next time to drive home your lame point about nothing important. Jeff from PDX. Mike in mini. James. My beef is with my Neanderthal co-worker who leaves his nail clippers in the work truck. One, it's gross. Two, they're taking up a cup holder. Three, at least had the decency to close them and not leave them spread eagle. (laughs) That's one of the more original ones I've heard so far. John Reed the fourth. My beef is people who constantly ask me every holiday season for my address so they can send me a Christmas card. There is a reason why you don't have my address. It's because I don't want you coming to my house. So why would I want a card that I'm just going to throw away anyway? That's good. I see you work and read the fourth. Rome, my beef is with Kirk Ferentz and his old conservative ass. He's done great things with Iowa football, but... If the Hawkeye football team is going to take it to the next level, the old, conservative, boring, pathetic offense that worked in the past does not work anymore. It's time to evolve and catch up with the times, old man. TJ in Iowa, finally. Finally. I've been saying it for like a decade. Finally. Finally. Look who's back. Wooden Laconic. My beef is with the national pizza chain currently touting Detroit-style pizza. That's like saying Seattle-style cheeseburger or St. Louis-style burrito. Quit making bleep up. Dude, that's neither wooden nor laconic. That's strong. Rome. My beef is with people who put... And go on social media when asking for recommendations. No need to instruct us when to start giving you recommendations. Once your question has been submitted, everybody realizes the floor is open, you kook. For some reason, more than one person submitted that. That must be a JTP thing. Dan in C-Town, though, got it read. Rome, my beef is with Raider fan. You haven't won a Super Bowl in 37 years. You have two winning seasons in 18 years. And yet you costume up as grim reaper gladiators while decorating your car windows with giant shields. If you're such a great fan, why does your team keep moving from you? Who's your coach, Raider fan? Raider fan sucks. Ron in Colorado. That's one of the better ones. It's good beef. 
Hey, Jim, my beef is I'm tired of guys referring to their wigs as a, quote, hair system. How does two-way tape (laughs) and a shredded wheat biscuit get categorized as a system? Jim and Temecula, my man, I should walk. <laughs> I should walk off on that. I won't, but I should. At a boy, Jimbo. That's good. Hey, Rome, I got a beef with my girlfriend when she says, if you say so, which is code for her knowing she's wrong or lost an argument. Come on, babe. Just take the L and move on. Aaron in Iowa. It's good, too. At the Metzer, quote, my beef is with gas stations that have slow-ass pumps. I shouldn't be able to count the numbers like I do on my microwave. <laughs> change, <laughs> change the filter, get more gas, or whatever the hell you do. And by the way, if this pump actually printed a receipt, it would be the first time. Blake in Denver, my beef is with anyone who tells me to say hi for me. How about you thumb out a text or you call that person instead of putting the social burden on me? These are good. It's a good beef day. Jason tweets, my beef is with my wife trying to convince me a veggie burger is as good as a regular burger. Bruno in the Bay, quote, my beef is with my old lady. To protect the landfills, she saves every plastic bag that we come into contact with. We have have bags full of bags that are now filling boxes. Boxes full of... (laughs) Boxes full of bagged bags to save landfills. (laughs) Now my garage is that landfill. Recycle the damn bags, lady. All right, so if it sounds like I'm a little punchy today, it's not that. These are that good. That's a really good one. Boxes full of bagged bags to save landfills. Let's go to the phones quickly. It's the holidays, and you deserve a gift, obviously. So how about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every single day all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels. A gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you are at work. What am I talking about? Of course I'm talking about the gift of an X-chair. I love mine. It is by far the most comfortable and ergonomic chair that I have ever used. And honestly, it is probably the coolest looking piece of furniture that I own. In fact, it is. Not only is X-Chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair. And it can either cool or warm your back. Let me ask you this. Can your office chair do that? Doubt it. Now is the perfect time to purchase an X-Chair. Buy early, buy now. And here's X-Chair's holiday gift for you. Save $100 off your X-Chair. Just by purchasing it at xchairrome.com right now. That is the letter X chair R O M E dot com. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairrome.com and save. That's xchairrome.com. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Jim in the Berg. Jim, what's your beef? 
Romy, my beef is with people that use the saying, I did a thing or we did a thing to announce something on social media. I've told my wife, if we ever do a thing, that it's over. Also, Romy, one quick one. Did Cal ask for the digits of Logues because he's recruiting him? My man, Jim in Pittsburgh. No, he did not. Thanks for asking, though. Cal did not ask for the digits. He had the digits. He texted me. He is not recruiting Logues. And by the way, you might find this hard to believe, but Logues is over six feet tall now, but does not play basketball. But when he did, he was a gunner. He was a black hole. Logues plays baseball. He said, I said to my wife that if we ever, if you ever tweet that we did a thing, we are no longer a thing. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Ogden. Fred, good to have you, Fred. What's your beef? Happy holidays, Jim. I'm a UPS man, and I'm tired of these. This time of year, people put out treats for us when we deliver packages, and I'm tired of the FedEx man and the fat Amazon new kooks on the block. <laughs> Take one treat and get your fat butt back to your truck. War, the original gangster, jungle gangster, Bobby from Brooklyn. My man, Fred Nogden. He said, hey, listen, I'm a UPS driver. When they put out the treats, man, just take one and get your fat ass back to your truck and don't be taking my treats. They're for all of us. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Iowa, Alex. Alex, what is your beef? What up, Jim? Hey, my beef is with Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and the New Orleans Saints paying Taysom Hill all sorts of money. When he is not the quarterback of the future, the quarterback of the future is probably playing at Green Bay, I hope. Have a good one, Jim. My man, appreciate that. They do keep paying him a lot of money. They do keep extending him. And they do keep paying him, I don't want to say quarterback money, but lots of money. And he did not look like a QB1, did he? Let's keep moving. Back to the phones. Let's go to Vacaville. David, good to have you. What's your beef, David? Hey, what's up, Jim? What up, dude? Hey, my beef is with Ben Roethlisberger not getting the respect that he deserves over his career. Top five passing yards career just past Dan Marino. Could get Philip Rivers, too. Going to get both of those guys in passing touchdowns this year, no doubt. Got two Super Bowls, went to a third. But everybody wants to give Eli Manning, uh, David Tyree credit for winning Super Bowls. Come on. War Pittsburgh, season for seven, coming quick. Ben Roethlisberger, you know it's your last season. All no right, play. man, let me jump in there. You got to get in and get out. Like, that's more of a phone call than a beef. Like, that works in any other segment other than the beef segment. You can tell. Like, I'm getting dozens and dozens and dozens of beefs. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. This gal gets it. Let's go to Omaha, the queen of the beef, Kathleen Kathleen, what's your beef? I don't like how A.A. A. Mill described Winnie the Pooh as a bear with very little brain. That belongs to the Chicago Bears. Woo! Fire! How about Kathleen? I think I'm going to walk off on that. Kenny Moore the second. Kenny, it's good to have you back. How are you? I'm great. I appreciate it. I think, thanks for having me here, too. Kenny, it's always good to have you. So a lot to cover, but why don't we start with that win over Houston on Sunday. In particular, that interception on the first play from scrimmage, one of the best INTs of the year. Take me through it. What did you see on that play as it was unfolding? Um, it was pretty simple, pretty much. Um, 
it, it was a boot play, and I had to span with the slot receiver to the to out of bounds, and that's pretty much his first read from boot. Um, by taking that away, and, and Rose doing a great job on the over. Um, I thought he was just gonna try to scramble or try to pick up some extra yards, but he tried to throw it out of bounds, and um, it was in a space where I, I was able to get it. Kenny Moore, the second, joining us. All right, in response to that, initially it was ruled an incompletion. Then on review, it was changed to an interception. In fact, how were you able to maintain and keep your feet in bounds and get control of the ball at the same time? Ooh, I think it was more so just um, focusing in on what exactly I was doing in that moment. Um, I had a, I actually had a, a drop interception versus the Jags. Um, I believe that was early in the game as well, but I wasn't really focused because I was too worried about the sideline. But I wasn't worried about the sideline at all um, versus Houston in the first play of the game. Um, I was just telling myself, just just catch this. Like if I if I just catch it, you know, I worry about my, worry about my feet later. And so the feet just came down. However way um, I, I placed them on the field and. A great thing I was in bounds. I had the awareness to be in bounds. So uh, first thing first is just catching it, and it, it takes, you know, the hands working together to, to make it secure. There you go. Kenny Moore, the second, joining us. Great explanation. All right, so going into Sunday's game against the Texans, Darius Leonard had been talking to you about wanting to get a shutout. Then you guys go out there and you get a shutout, 31 nothing. I'm curious, from like an emotional standpoint and a pride standpoint, how much does a shutout mean to you and the rest of the defense? Oh, it, it means a lot because you just – each guy that steps on that field should want to go out there and dominate. Um, three and out takeaways should be on um, every player's mind uh, every time you step on the field. And, you know, I think that was the perfect opportunity for us to go out and dominate that game versus Houston um, to really make a statement within each other first. And then, you know, how, however way, you know – Anyone else feels about it, that's just how you feel. But we just wanted one of those games to be just complete um, domination to to put our team and our offense in the best position to to go down and and win the game. Kenny Moore, the second, is joining us once again. So yesterday there was a great moment. It was announced that you are the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year. The video of the announcement is great because your mother walked into the studio while you were doing an interview to let you know that news. What was your reaction when you saw Moms? I asked her why. Why was she there? I, I didn't really know why she uh, was still in town, but uh, it was a great surprise from the organization to, I guess, go behind my back to see what Moms was doing. Uh, but that was the that was the greatest and most perfect um, way to deliver the news because my mom hasn't um, really been around in, in that space for me to. Um, to to be recognized for for much, um, but it was it was it was a great change up. It was a great um, time for me and my mom to have together, and I just feel like a lot of people um, in the organization knows my mom now <laughs> um, this season, as well as you know just having hard knots um, in the area. Um, it's people all, all all over the country that 
that really likes my mom now. So she thinks she's a star, but I told her she already was. <laughs> That's great, dude. I love that. And you can tell how much it meant to her. She got so choked up as she was telling you the news. It's clear how proud she is of you. And what a great moment for the two of you. I, th- I thought that was great. I thought that was just awesome. You know, back on the field, you tied your career high for interceptions so far. You're about to break your career high for tackles. Last year was an amazing year for you. Do you feel like this is the best you've ever played? Yes, sir. And I just feel like with time and experience, um, I can be even better. Um, I think the more that I see uh, certain offenses, uh, certain route combinations, um, certain uh, ways to fit the run game, I think I can be even better. But um, honestly, the first part of the season, I didn't think um, it'll be that great. Um, you know, we all come come into the season having certain goals and certain expectations, you know, for your team collectively. Yeah, but we all have the same thing for ourselves individually too. So um, it's great to, to put up the numbers, but I do feel like um, – I'm healthy. Uh, first and foremost, just thankful for that, and I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting my game back. I'm all the rust is shaking off, and I'm ready to go. So, Kenny, obviously, your goals are going to be team centric. You're focused on the team. I get that, but individually, you're right. Guys have goals. Is making the Pro Bowl one of those goals? And do you think that you've played well enough to get there? No doubt. Uh, pro Bowl, All Pro, um, everything above. Um, Walter Payton, man of the year, that was a goal. I, I just feel like for 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 me to do anything, I should want to excel. I should want to do everything there is to to be a household name, to to wear a gold jacket one day. You know, like I, I just feel like if I wasn't setting those goals for myself, if I didn't want the very best for myself, then I'm just selling myself short. So, um, just the way that I was raised, if if, if I'm gonna do anything. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, and I'm just doing my best to to uh, prove myself right. And, yes, sir, I do believe that, you know, I deserve that. Um, and I'm going to keep striving to, to make my name um, known to, to get that. Kenny Moore the second joining us. You know, it's one thing. You're looking for respect, right? You're looking for respect from the fans, from the media, and from the guys that you go up against. One guy that I know you get a lot of respect from is Darius Slay because he tweeted, quote, so Kenny Moore needs to be paid like a number one cornerback or he can set a new market for the slots. Brah, too damn good. Personally, Kenny, I love Slay. He's one of my favorite guys. How much do you like and respect his game and the fact that he's showing you that kind of respect? I think uh, me and Slay go back to not even the league. Like I, I didn't. I, I've only known him since last year. But for me, a def- defensive back to be a defensive back, um, we've obviously watched guys older than us um, that have come before us to to put up great numbers, to have um, a great year in college at Mississippi State. And then with him being from South Georgia um, and us having mutual friends from the same area, um, like Justin Coleman and, and Chris Milton, and, and a guy that I played with in college named uh, Chris Henderson, uh, we, we've we all known uh, pretty much each other without actually, you know, meeting each other. So, like, it was cool to meet Slade this, this past offseason and, and to really uh, – talk about everything with him but yeah true vet uh he loves his teammates he loved the the db room and he tells me all the things that 
you know, he does for the room and, you know, whenever he gets, you know, the accolades and everything, he treats the whole room. And I think for a player that's that's up and coming and, and want to be the best teammate as well, um, that's something that I take away from him, just being attentional um, to those around him because um, it's easy to say that, you know, I did this, I did that, but um, there was definitely people along the way that helped us um, accomplish and, and become the, the person and player that we all strive to be and, you know, no player in this league can do anything on his own, you know, with his own hand. So um, there's 10 other guys on the field, and uh, there's a lot more people on the team that believes in you. So uh, I've watched Slade for a pretty long time now, but it's pretty cool to be friends and have the respect from from him to uh, to just be in that, that same light. So I just want to see you at the table. I like that, man. I love Slay. I love the guy. So I really, really appreciate and like that response from you about Slay. He's a cornerback for the Colts. Not only that, but a Walter Payton Man of the Year for that team this season. Coming off a week where he was the highest-graded cornerback in Week 13, according to PFF, having a great season. And there's another big one coming up. They've got their bye. And then December 18th, it's New England at Indy. Huge game. Kenny, appreciate you very much. Great to have you back on the show. Let's do it again soon. That was great. Yes, sir. Always, my guy. Justin Gaethje is my guest. Justin, good to have you back. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing? Good, dude. Good. In fact, let me rephrase that question. It's been a little over a month since you beat Michael Chandler. How are you doing? How is your life right now? How are things feeling? You know, I've been worse, Jim, let me say. Uh, things are going really well. I'm going out to the fights this weekend. Uh, got Dana White talking about how I get the next shot, get the winner of the fight, uh, Charles Oliveira, Justin Poirier. Uh, so, you know, lifelong... Uh, Lifelong's work, and uh, you know it's just right on the cusp of, of reaching the goal of, of getting, the, you know, get, get my hands around that belt. So I feel great. Man, you got right to the good stuff that I want to get to, and I'll get there in a minute. Justin Gaethje is joining us. I want to talk about this weekend, and I want to talk about what that means to you, but I do want to go back because there was so much hype, Justin, going into UFC 268, and then you guys exceed that hype. You win by unanimous decision. One of the best fights, I want to say in a long time, but really one of the best fights I have ever seen. I know you're looking ahead, but if you were to look back on that night, what kind of thoughts, what kind of emotions do, do you have? What comes to mind right now? Yeah, I mean, the craziest thing is if you watch every single one of my fights, they are just like that. Um, just as entertaining, just as chaotic. Uh, the violence is always there. Um, the recency bias with me will always be there because every single one of my fights delivers, and that will be true until I'm done. Um, the Michael Johnson fight, the two fights I lost, both won fights of the year. You know, I got ten bonuses in nine fights. Uh, on nine bonuses in my first seven fights, all these things are unmatched. And uh, it does take two to tango, but I am the common denominator every single time. And uh, every, you know, when I fight for this belt, it will be just as an exciting fight and just as, uh, just as thrilling. My dude, 100%. I could not agree with you more about that. So let me ask you about that process. I mean, is this just the way you've always been? Obviously, you're a gladiator. You're competitive as hell. You're violent as hell in all the right ways. Did you get it in your head that winning is not enough? I have to win a certain way? Or is this just the way you've always been? Well, it's certainly the way I've always been. You know, with wrestling, I have walked into a one-on-one situation you know, a thousand times, more than a thousand times. And that was as a child, you know, traveling to different states, six years old, seven years old, going to Vegas and, and Reno and, you know, traveling to the, to the cities, coming from a small town. So it's definitely what I was, I was raised to do. Um, and the competitive nature, you know, is, is genetic. It's runs through my family. If my family ever went bowling, 
you know, we had to take separate vehicles because we were not leaving on friendly terms. And, uh, yeah, it's just the way I am. And, you know, being 18-0, losing to Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, at that time I, I really didn't understand what this sport was. I thought it was who was the toughest, strongest um, on that night. Uh, but there really is a lot more, you know, things that come into it when it comes to preparation, you know, your nutrition, the water intake, and just really taking care of your body, going to the chiropractor once a week. Uh, all these things have really uh, allowed me to, to approach this sport in a much different way, not, not necessarily the tough guy, but more in a methodical type of way. So it's been, it's been a great experience. Justin Gaethje joining us, but quote, but quote, there will be violence. There will always be violence. Like you and I have talked in the past about that fact and what you were like prior to those fights. Justin, one of the things you said, though, was you might have even had too much fun in the cage that you were having so much fun in those fights that maybe it kind of got away from you or you lost focus, maybe even got a touch complacent. How did your approach change in response to that? Yeah, I mean, I really understood how important winning is. Um, You know, to get paid what I get paid, I have to win the way that I do, as exciting as I do. But, you know, winning is is ultimately the biggest factor, especially at the top of the level when you're trying to get to that title shot. And winning was never a huge factor for me. I actually am a little bit disappointed in myself because it's the first time I've ever went into a fight and wanted to win more than I wanted to finish somebody. And uh, I think it was the right decision. Michael Chandler was dangerous. There was never a spot when the risk versus reward was was ever in my favor to, to go out there and take that chance. So, uh, you know, he's so dangerous, but I really wanted to win this fight. I regret it a little bit, but ultimately it put me in the situation I'm in, and that's that's all that matters. That's really interesting that you said that, that you wanted to finish the fight or win a certain way, but at the end of the day, you know, right? you got to win. You have to win to advance to keep yourself in that position. But the fact is, Justin Chandler, man, he is a really dangerous dude. And like you, you know this guy's doing everything he possibly can every single day to put himself in that position. I thought you had this amazing quote afterwards. You said, I know exactly who the bleep he was. He's a warrior. We're living in the wrong times. He and I should have been fighting in the Coliseum. That's what should have happened. It's an amazing line, and I think it's a really good description. What was it like to be in the cage at Madison Square Garden in a fight for the ages with that guy? Man, at the end of the day, there's there's no words that I could say that can, can help you understand how comfortable and at peace. I've never, I can't find the peace right now by myself in this room that I could find in that cage. Um, I did not hear the crowd one time. I did not see the lights one time. You know, when I walk out, I try to take in and look at how many people are there because that is the last time that I will uh, get to retain that information. Um, man, like you said, I was, I was, this is who I am. Um, I'm the common denominator of every single fight in, in my fights. That's why they're a fight of the year. And I don't know what it is. And like I said, I can't explain it, but it is, it is who I am. Um, I love that chaos. I love the violence. Um, but I love that I only have to do it twice a year. And then I get to come home and things slow down extremely. And I, and I love that part, too. Wow, dude, there, there is so much to unpack in that answer. That is fascinating. Like, that with all that chaos and the energy, the buzz, the pressure, the stage, the light, that that's when you're most calm and you're most at peace. That's, and like, I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, you don't know how to describe that or how to explain yeah. that, but you know it's true. Let me ask you this. Something you said also, quote, our bodies do this crazy thing where naturally we release chemicals, toxins, all kinds of bleep, and we're able to sustain pain and perform under the pressure. Is that what you're talking about? I mean, is any of that just like that chemical release? How does that work? Absolutely. 
Uh, it's, it's the primal instinct that every single one of us have. Um, ultimately, you have to make a choice to tap into that, and I've found comfortability. And there's, it's a scary thing to find comfortability in that. You know, you don't necessarily – we've come a long ways as humans to where we don't have to find comfortability in that. But you see, uh, you know, mama bear instincts, uh, people, you know, someone lifting a car off to someone that's strapped. Those are the, the primal instincts that every single one of us possesses. Um, and not too long ago, you know, maybe a couple hundred years ago, you know, eating, sleeping, drinking, fighting, and, and procreating were the most important things. And you had to fight to procreate, eat, sleep, or drink. It is the most natural thing. We are animals, and it is the most natural thing. So I make danger the most real. Like I, so death, maybe not so much, because I'm not, you know, very, very few people have died in my sport. But chronic injury for me is just as dangerous and just as scary. So I make that a reality. And then I allow myself to go to the, you know, to release. Again, I've been training myself to to perform under this this pressure in one-on-one situations my entire life. So it's uh, it's again, you don't want to find comfortability there, but I have, and I love it. Let's be real, man. Procreation is still the most important thing. Sex rules. Just kidding. Um, straight up, but hey, you had to fight for it not too long ago. <laughs> Dude. Hey, by the way, how do you know? Yeah, okay, I'm going to stop right there. I almost said something regrettable. Justin Gage is joining us right now. Dude, let me ask you this. Like, Dana White and I had this conversation so many times. He said, you know, like, and he said it with regards to Conor McGregor. He said, once you get $100 bucks in the bank, you're not as keen or inclined to get punched in the face for a living. Is there something to that? Like you said, I like doing it twice a year, and then I like to go home and be myself. Yeah. Do you still... I mean, is there any of that? Like, I know you have goals, but you got some money and you're kind of comfortable financially. Is it harder to get punched in the face or are you still about that life and it hasn't changed? I mean, at the end of the day, Conor McGregor money and the money that I've made are two different worlds. Okay. Uh, He's at a point where if he never fought again, he would never have to wake up early again. And uh, ultimately that's, and even to break it down farther, not... One fighter comes from opportunity. We, we are not people who come from opportunity. If you come from opportunity, this is not what you choose. And your why is the only reason that you're in that, you make that walk. And ultimately, everybody's why is to create um, economic sustainability for you, your family, for your future children, for your grandchildren. You know, ultimately, you want to do it for yourself first. But once you reach that, you know, what is your why? And, uh, you know, it has to be something great. If it's not something great, then it's this is too too much of a challenge to to, to take on without without something without the driving force uh, that would be so big. I, I so get that. I really respect that. So, like, if you had a hundred mil in the bank, what do you think your why would be? My why would be to never fight again. Okay, I get mad. I respect that <laughs> no, so I mean, much. I get it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I I don't know where I would be. Um, it would be how many times I fought at that point, but you know. You have to, uh, there has to be a, you have to, you know, draw a line in the sand at some point. And once you gain that economic, you know, sustainability for you and your family and future generations, I mean, you have to really question what the fuck you're doing here. Well, dude, okay, one thing, we you, we don't want to F-bomb on our daily show, oh. dude. That's all right, oh. man. No, no worries. <laughs> you and I can do that on my That's podcast. Right. I got you. I covered you on that. <laughs> hey, listen, you respect. You. It, it's one thing, like you've got Poirier and you've got Oliveira. Dude, this is an amazing matchup. Before we talk about what that means to you, how do you assess that matchup? Who do you like and why? <sighs> you know, I want... Oliver to win, but I think Poirier will win. And uh, yeah, I think if 
Oliver wins, there's a very, very high chance that I fight him by May, June, July. If Poirier wins, you know, I cannot be sure what, what will happen, whether he retires, whether he goes up to 170, whether he wants to fight Conor McGregor, McGregor again. You know, there's so many variables that I can't control. With Oliveira, I think if he wins, then I will have my, you know, shot secured, and he'll, he'll, he'll jump in the cage much faster than, than Poirier. So that's why I want him to win. I think uh, if it goes to later rounds, I think Poirier has, has the advantage. What about if it's in the stand-up? Who do you think has the advantage in the stand-up between those two? It's so they have such different styles. I mean, Charles Oliveira is so athletic. I mean, he's he's extremely dangerous, uh, especially his length and his leverage. You know, when it comes to striking, those are some some great tools to possess. Um, one's right-handed, one's left-handed. It's going to be you know a, a different different matchup in that regard. But I I definitely give the give the edge to Poirier. That's why I think it's going to be on the feet mostly. And I think if it goes to later rounds, he'll he'll you know, begin to create more damage and create more opportunity. Hey, Justin, really quickly, what if it goes to the ground? Like, Dustin is good on the ground. We know this. He's not, af- he's not afraid either on the ground, but maybe down there is not ideal. I mean, do you want to go to the no. ground if you're Dustin against Charles? No, no. I think if it, if it in the first 12, 12 and a half minutes, if it goes to the ground, Poirier is definitely going to be in some trouble. I mean, when, when they're not slippery, not too sweaty yet, uh, Charles Oliveira is extremely dangerous. You do not want to play jiu-jitsu with Charles Oliveira ever. That's a great line. You do not want to play jiu-jitsu with him. Of the two guys, do you think maybe Dustin, can you make the argument, has got a little more dog in him? Yeah, I mean, in the past, that's been proven. I mean, you know, I I say once someone shows you their character, you never forget. That's why I keep saying, you know, there is, there may be a little dog with the confidence that Charles Oliveira has right now, but that's a small dog because at the end of the day, we've seen him make the choice to quit. And not a lot of athletes you see make that choice willingly. And he's done it more than once. So I think that's still in there. But, you know, with the confidence he possesses right now, with the belt around his waist, with the pressure of, you know, representing Brazil, you know, it's going to be harder to find uh, find that quit. You know, it may not be there anymore. Hopefully not. Mm. So bottom line, you are coming off an incredible performance. You've won five of your last six. Has Dana White made assurances to you that you get the title shot, you get the winner of this, or are we not there yet? No, he he did one even better, and he said it straight to the media. You know, someone asked him, and he said, Justin Gaethje gets the next shot. He'll be fighting as long as, you know, nothing crazy happens. There's always a lot of these guys can come, you know, have, fight and have a draw. Then they got to fight again. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that could happen. But um, he hasn't said anything to me personally. Went to the football game. You know, I didn't talk business. We were just kind of hanging out with my family. But he said it in the media, so that's all the assurance that I need. Dude, if it'll make you feel better, he said it to me. He said it to me on my podcast, so I got it. I got tape of it. I got evidence of it. He said it to me, so I think you're good, man. I think you're good. The internet's forever. The internet is forever, dude. That is 100% the truth. It's in ink. You cannot erase it. It is forever. Trust that. He said it to me, Justin. I'm so glad that I could catch up with you because the fight with Chandler, who I have immense respect for as well, both you guys, two of the ultimate gladiators, it was such an amazing fight. They lived up to and smashed all the hype. It is so good to have you back on the show. Listen, enjoy the time. I know you're getting ready mentally and physically, but really good to have you back, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. I highly recommend you watching one of my fights live one day. Good night!